0: What up, world? It's your pass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to the show, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. We're tr- still trying to grow our audience there, and I would appreciate your support. In today's show, we're talking about the Blazers' lost to the Miami Heat on Wednesday evening, and we are joined by friend of the program and weekly guest, Jason Quick of The Athletic quick how you doing my man i'm doing all right michael all right glad to hear it um you didn't get in any fights with someone at the end of a blowout basketball game last night did you um let me think about it i don't i don't think i did you probably wanted to chase me down and shove me a couple times though so it's a relatable feeling <laughs>
1: <laughs> no yeah that was uh Probably the most interesting moment of that game last night.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, let's let's talk about that game a little bit here. Um, we'll talk about sort of the other big picture Blazer stuff a little bit later in the show, but let's let's start with uh, start with this game. The Blazers lose last night. Um, I thought they had a I thought they had a better roster by the end of the game. You know, Kyle Lowry was ejected in the final moments of the first half.
1: Ridiculous ejection,
0: by the way. Absolutely absurd. He the ref ejected him because he didn't catch a pass
1: right
0: <laughs> Brutal. Just, just nonsense but i thought after kyle lowry got ejected i thought the blazers had a better roster and they just lost they lose 115 109 at home to the miami heat um do you agree that this was kind of like this was maybe a worse loss than some of the other blazers recent ones oh i guess worse is maybe the wrong I don't word
1: know. yeah i mean it was that was certainly a game they should they could have. I, I don't know. If should have. Right. But right. Definitely could have one. I, I argued. You know, we had this discussion on press road during the game. I I thought the Blazers had a better roster even at the beginning of the game before Kyle Lowry got ejected. But you thought it. The pendulum kind of swung after Kyle was ejected. But uh, you know, there was a couple guys on that Heat um, lineup that I had never heard of. Their center
0: Omar. You're at uh, seven. You're not an Omar. You're at seven guy. <laughs>
1: I was not familiar with him. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, good player, though. Yeah, I mean, I he was the, Yeah, uh, played pretty well. But top to bottom, I thought the Blazers had uh, the better roster. Yeah. And yet they – I think they were down 14 when Kyle got ejected.
0: Yeah, they were trailed by uh, 19 in the second quarter, um, and then uh, they kind of made it close. Ant had a big third quarter, but um,
1: – And I think it was because Kyle was out. Absolutely. once Kyle got out, you know uh, – Anthony kind of found his rhythm and was able to uh, operate in space more easily. So that was a big objection, but yeah, you know, I don't think, uh, I, I think that was a game they could have won. I don't think that they're necessarily disappointed that they lost because you know, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this later in the show because I think right now losses probably help this team.
0: Yeah, I mean the the players don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Someone else wants to lose, but I don't think I yeah. don't think Chauncey Billups is like hell yeah, fourteen and twenty three. We're doing it, baby. Um, yeah, like
1: certainly not. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like as a fan base. Totally, I, I, totally. I don't think you're. You're, you know, pounding your fists this morning and go, God, we could have had that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty resistant to fans rooting for their team to lose. But I also, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, So Kyle Lowry Kyle gets ejected, but that wasn't the only fireworks. And with a minute left, 59 seconds left in the game, Yusuf Nurkic sets a screen on Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero takes exception to it, chases Nurk down, shoves him in the back. Nurk kind of three finger slaps him in the face. Um, yeah. Do you think Nurk's getting suspended? What do you make of that?
1: I, th- I think he will. Yeah, uh, it was a swing, definitely, and it connected. So uh, you know, it d- doesn't matter the degree in which it connected. Uh, I, I do. I think he'll get a game. Um, and God, what a <laughs> sensitive reaction by a hero! I, I didn't. I thought that was a legit screen. Me too. I didn't. You I, know, I, I. I. If he's gonna be mad, be be mad at his teammate for not calling it out better.
0: You
1: know, yeah, I it was an overreaction.
0: I could tell in the moment that like, as soon as he got hit, that he was pissed. Like even before he jumped up, I could Mm -hmm. tell, I could tell just from his body language that he did not like being hit that hard when he's up, when the heater up 10 with a minute left in the game. But I have watched that play six or eight times. I don't think Nurk hit him in a way that was, I don't think that screen was egregious at all. I think the screen was pretty, pretty physical. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't think that if that's like the inciting incident, I don't think that was, um. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't think that was a big deal. But if someone pushes you in the back, um, you, I, I think it's a fairly normal reaction by Yusuf Nurkic to give him a little flick to the face uh, or a little, yeah. ha- little open hand punch slap. Um, it was
1: still not the best uh, push from behind in, in Rose Garden history. That will still be Andre Miller against Blake Griffin.
0: A legendary uh, moment
1: god that was awesome <laughs> yeah i think that was a full court sprint by andre miller oh yeah deck Blake griffin and i think that ended his consecutive game streak yeah he had
0: the longest consecutive game streak in in like in the last 20 years in the league at the time like it was it was certainly the yeah. longest active one and one of the longest and you know p- pushing not a- ac ac green or whatever uh portland legend go Beeves but um you know he was it, it was it was a notable streak to break and he broke it because he didn't like he didn't like the way Blake Griffin was acting um too many Ki- yeah. too many Kia commercials and uh and <laughs> dre had to set him no i I think it was the same thing I think Blake pushed him in the back on a rebound yeah yeah
1: and and so then andre uh retaliated by running full court and and decking Blake
0: yeah. Listen, they don't make him like Andre Miller anymore. What a legend! And one of my all-time favorite players, um, as a pa- Same. as a pass-first point Same. guard, um, <laughs> I love Andre Miller. Also, I remember him warming up before games, and he would just shoot little four-footers, like because it's like yeah. wh- it's like what's he gonna work on? <laughs> like
1: <Yeah. laughs>
0: he wasn't gonna shoot outside of that range anyways, and if he was, he's gonna shoot flat-footed. So he just he'd take little four-footers and then uh, and like get a little bit warm. Um, he was. Well he was big on working on his bank shot though, too. Right, 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 right. He, he
1: liked working angles. Mm-hmm. He liked working angles and stuff. Yeah, and getting he was God, he was such a joy. Yeah. I, I love talking to him. Yeah. Uh one of my favorite covers.
0: Yeah. A, a, <laughs> a real legend. Um, back to back games where Anthony Simons has been good. Uh this seems to be the most important part of the Blazer season from here on out, right? It's <laughs> like how good Ant is okay. gonna be.
1: Yeah. I was gonna tell one of my favorite Andre Miller. Oh, stories, oh please, 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 please. We'll, we'll go.
0: No, please. I want it. I want. I, I'll, I'll let me do the Anthony Simons part. Anthony Simons back to back games, forty three points, twenty eight points. It's important that he plays well for the Blazers present and the Blazers future. The end. Yeah. Tell us an Andre Miller story, please, please, please.
1: Oh, it's my favorite Andre Miller story. Uh, it was the end of the season.
0: Have I told you this one before? I think I know what it is, but tell me.
1: Uh. And it's when Patty Mills is on the team, and so we're having X interviews, and this was when the X interviews for the Blazers was really informal, and so we're all at the practice facility, and they kind of bring out players as they clean out their locker, and you you just sit and chat with them. And uh, <laughs> Andre was talking to us, and Patty Mills comes up and says his goodbyes to to Andre, and he's like. All right, man. Good season. Bye, bye. Hey, what what are you doing tonight? And Andre's <laughs> sitting here signing stuff and whatnot, and he's like, probably get high. <laughs> you know, Andre kind of had that high pitch. Yeah, play. exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it just very matter of fact. All right, man. We'll see, you, man. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Probably get high. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. Uh, so that I always think of Andre when. uh, when stories about him come up
0: yeah that's listen he's he's roller skating on the waterfront eating chicken nuggets all Mm -hmm. summer long and smoking weed when he has some (laughs) downtime like that is a legendary figure a legendary figure um and he almost got Rick Carlisle fired when he scored 52 against the Mavs. That's um, uh, really, a, really, um, they don't, like I said, they do not make him like Dre anymore. And I did know that story, yep. but uh, it's not mine. So I wasn't going to tell it,
1: <laughs> but, it, yeah, but yeah.
0: it's one that I love. But but back to Anthony,
1: Uh Yeah. I mean, how encouraging is this yep.
0: for him? Uh,
1: and I loved, I was really curious going to the arena last night to see if he could continue that success, you sure. know, have some consistency. And and he answered it. I mean he started slow, but uh, he really came through and I, I love his efficiency. I love that he's not only scoring but also getting people involved. I mean I think he's had seven assists and six assists in those two big scoring games. And as Chauncey has noted it's coming while defenses are throwing different looks at him. Right. You know he got he got trapped uh a, by the Hawks, and then the Heat threw very our uh, varied defenses at him, the different looks, and he's handling. Um, you know, it's not perfect, but for a young point guard to be playing the way he is, and the it, it passes the eye test too. These aren't just empty stats. Um I think it's really, really encouraging for the Blazers, and I think it really is probably helping shape their decision that they decisions moving forward
0: yeah absolutely you know, I,
1: I think this is a guy they can build around
0: yeah and they gotta it, it, it's so much of what the final 46 games of this season are um are kind of like figuring out what's next. And I think Andy Simons is helping forming what's next by his play. Um, he he mentioned after the game, and I thought that was pretty interesting that he just like, I feel co- more comfortable with the ball in my hands. Like I I want the yeah. ball in my hands. Um, and obviously that's a balance with when Dame is back and whatever, um, you know, whatever happens with CJ McCollum. I don't, I, I would be surprised if he's on the team next year, but uh like there is something to it that Ant as like a, like let him play backup one, or or even just like more of the lead initiator to give him the ball in his hands and let him make decisions because he can really score off the dribble. Like I mean, he has 14 threes in his last two games uh, and, and thirteen assists. Like that's a dude who you want the ball in his hands because of because of the scoring and back to back really monster third quarters too.
1: It's probably been the defining moment, or not moment, defining. Uh part of Chauncey Billups' rookie season is that he has uh, had the confidence in Anfernee to put the ball in his hands and put him in those facilitating uh, roles. Uh, you know, Terry Stotts was was very reluctant to do that. He kind of had him just drifting a, around the three-point line and, and, and shooting threes. But Chauncey immediately, when he was hired, said, this is what I envision for Anfernee. This is what we're going to make Anfernee and it's turned out to be a great thing. Not a lot has gone well in Chauncey's <laughs> first season. Yeah. But that is that is probably, you know, one thing you can really point to and go he has helped Anthony Simons blossom. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, and I I would put Nasir in that category too, but Anthony on a much grander scale right. has really really been able to grow and, and show what he's capable of
0: yeah i give credit to ant for 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 becoming a better ball handler getting a little stronger i mean the, yeah. the he needed to there were some physical things he needed to work on he's got there and th- these two games yeah. coming on the heels of a really tough december for him where he just didn't look um he just yeah. never he never found it uh, and they really needed him to and so this is it's been an encouraging little run um yeah we, we t- but a lot
1: of, but a lot about the nba is the opportunity too. absolutely you need to have that role, that opportunity, that confidence, and Chauncey gave that to him.
0: Yeah, let's zoom out a little bit, talk big picture stuff to uh, to close out the show here in the in the last couple segments. But first, I want to tell my listeners about Shopify. It is the all in one commerce platform that lets you start, run, and grow your business. It gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts and startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities and Shopify is there to help you realize those possibilities. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of integration and apps. So that's Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Find your customers where they are on social media using Shopify. Plus, you'll be able to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting and conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. All of the stuff you need to know to make your business from small to big to medium, whatever you're going to do. Shopify is more than a store. It grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA. That's all lowercase locked on NBA for a free 14 day trial and get a full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA right now. That is shopify.com slash locked on NBA. All right. We're still chopping it up here with Jason Quick, my friend and yours, and a weekly guest here on Locked On Blazers. Talk about Blazers' loss to the Heat. Uh, whatever <laughs> L- losses don't matter at this point in the season because I-, I think the sort of priorities have changed here, and and part of that calculation is Damon Lowder's availability. Uh, he has missed the last two games, and he's going to be reevaluated next week. Uh, Jason, is is Dame going to come back and play? Like, are we going to see more Dame this year?
1: I don't think he'll finish the season. I think he's going to end up having the surgery. The big question right now is how soon he elects to do that. You know, does he, and then this is me just speculating right now, but, you know, does he want to come back and and make a run and try to, you know, get another all-star bid? Right. Or does he just, you know, mail it in right now and, and go through with the surgery? But I don't think there's any question he's going to shut it down at some point this season and have the surgery. And I think it, it falls into the path that the Blazers have now committed to, that we're going to play for the draft pick. And, uh, you know, people say tank, whatever. But I, I think that's the direction. I, it's obvious. all Everyone can see it, that the Blazers are going to play for the draft pick. And um, so I, I think it's a matter right now of getting Dame totally on board because I think – We all know that Dane's the competitor. He loves to play, wants to play. But I think, you know, the organization is trying to convince him that the best thing long-term for you and for the organization is for you to take care of this now. And that will help us uh, secure a, a draft pick, a high draft pick, And it will help our our path and your future uh, if we do this now.
0: Yeah, I I think the convincing Dame part is the is the tough uh, needle of thread here. He's um, he is defiantly optimistic, I think is the way I've described him in the past. Like he always believes, um, you know, he's he's like, go ahead. No, no, I was agreeing with Oh, you. okay, yeah. No, he's like he like he's he's quite literally dreaming of the uh parade down Broadway. Like the dude is just yeah. he is he is defiantly optimistic and he always believes they have a chance. And they've had um seasons in the past where I mean they're kind of approaching a tipping point where they haven't come back from being this bad in the past. But like they've had seasons in the past where they've been um, you know and games being under five hundred yeah, and made the playoffs. Yeah. Exactly. But there there is
1: without question different feel to this year's team those teams that came back had young rosters young guys who had fight to them and who had things to prove and who just weren't getting it and you know as the season went on they they understood things more and they you know kind of developed into their roles this is a veteran team that has shown that it just doesn't have it right it's not it's stale it the fight isn't there and that's concerning i think i think the blazers organization has seen that and goes okay it's time to move on from this and you know we need to do what what's smart because qualifying for the play-in game you know ninth seed eighth seed seventh seed that that is beneficial if you're a young team like Oh, I don't know, like the Spurs, or even like Sacramento, a team that hasn't had postseason, right? Minnesota, uh, yeah, and experiences in Minnesota. That that would be huge for them. For a team like the Blazers, it it defeats the purpose. It actually almost hurts you because you're not getting, and especially this year, where you know they don't have a draft pick if they if they make the playoffs, right? You know, so. uh so the smart thing for them to do is what they're doing which is uh playing for the draft pick
0: do you think like like i i said this at the beginning of the show it's like players don't tank like it's like you know you yeah. we talked to norman powell after the game it's like it wasn't like he's like yeah cool <laughs> like tight we lost yes. again um do you think that takes some convincing not like hey we need to lose but with like specifically with dame like hey Here's the bigger picture. Like, do you think that he's going to, they're going to need to sort of have that part of the powwow or part of the, I don't want to use that term. I apologize. Uh, like part of the sit down is um, t- convincing yes. him of, of two years or whatever, the, the larger picture. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's hopes that, that it, it could be remedied in one year. Yeah. That just, you know, being bad this year. I think they envisioned something on the scale of what Golden State did. Not probably not. Right. Uh, a big upswing as Golden State has had, just because they have better players. Yeah, and they
0: had made five Um, consecutive championships. It's it's a different thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But along those lines, you know, like, okay, our star player uh, takes most of the season off because of injury, comes back, we get a high draft pick, and boom, we're right back where we used to be. Yeah, I think that's what the Blazers are for next year, that Dame gets right, comes back, is 100%. They've got a nice new young player and some other players that they acquired through trades and you're right back in the, in the thick of it.
0: Yeah. I think um, it's
1: like, and I think that's really encouraging for Blazer fans. I think, I think you just need to bite the bullet the rest of the season. Know that Dame's going to get right, get excited for a high draft pick, maybe get somebody like Evan Mobley who, you know, can instantly be a, a, make an impact play and, and play well and then you know see what joe cronin can do at the trade deadline and that can be pretty fun yeah you know start falling in love with a new group
0: i i was reminded of this incredible mike g rich line and i'm going to repeat it here now uh franchises can either sell championships or sell hope um and the blazers yeah. are moving towards selling hope <laughs> they have moved off yep. the championship thing I, I also think and we've talked about this in previous episodes when you've been on it's like a, a lot of the blazers struggles boil down to dame uh, like they wouldn't, this would be an imperfect team. they will still probably pretty pretty bad defensive team. Obviously the roster is a little wonky, but like if Dame was shooting 38% from three and averaging 28 a game or 29 a game, whatever, like 30, yeah. you know, they would be right in the thick of the playoff race. So to, to like, they don't, yeah. it's not, um, they're in a situation where they could bounce back relatively quickly. Um, I could, they bounce back to sort of like championship level. Like you said, golden state, Pro- you yeah, know, no. I don't, that's that's not what I think they are, but could they bounce back to being a competitive playoff team immediately? Uh, Yes. I think, I think that's, um, I don't think that's out of the question let's um let's close the show i want to talk about the t-word you've mentioned it here we need to just sort of we, we need we need to address the big uh the t-word the here uh but before we do that i want to tell my listeners about bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action uh we've got the college football championship this weekend you'll find lines and props and, and all kinds of bets you can make on that game we've got the nfl playoffs just a week away we've got nba games every single night plus hockey when uh when the nhl gets rolling um Soccer all over the world. You can bet on combat sports, whatever you want. You can find it on BetOnline.ag. And while you're there, if you're making your first deposit, make sure you put in the promo code LockedOn, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. You'll magically get half of your first deposit matched when you put in that promo code LockedOn. So go to BetOnline.ag. Take advantage of this deal right now. It's BetOnline where the game starts. Still a pass for point guard. Still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still chatting here with Jason Quick of The Athletic. Jason, right now, I would call, I would categorize what the Blazers are doing as little T tanking. They're just losing games because they're not very good. Um, At some point, I anticipate they will shift into more of a big T tanking mode. Uh, But some of that has to do with what they do over the next coming weeks. Do you agree that at some point they're going to shift into sort of more I don't know, like developmental approach to basketball and saying like, you know, maybe not actively trying to lose, but maybe more prioritizing the future over the present.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're almost already there. I think the, the big, to use your uh, terminology, you know, going from the small T to the big T will be when Dame elects to have surgery. Right. Right. You know, and then that will really kind of put it into the next phase. Uh, and then you see, you know, a lot of Nasir Little, a lot of Anthony Simons, um, but after that, you know, there's not a lot of young guys to play. I mean, I guess Greg Brown,
0: Trenton Wofford,
1: yeah, <laughs> a lot of you know. So, uh, you know, it, I think things become really fluid, and and then you look and see what what Joe is able to do at the trade deadline. Um, but this has been, I think, difficult for Joe to kind of jumpstart his uh remake of the roster because CJ's been hurt. Right. No no one's gonna trade for him when he's got when they don't know what his physical uh status is. Right. And then also the league's been just in up so much upheaval with 10 day contracts and filling out an active roster that teams aren't really I don't think in trade mode quite yet. So I think we're getting
0: there. We're, is, we're getting close. We've yeah. seen a couple trades around the league. I think I think the momentum is starting here about a month from the trade deadline. So yep. I wouldn't be surprised yep. if we see action here in the next few days or weeks. Right. I'm I'm talking. You know, since Joe took right, over. right, right. So, He's he hasn't know, had a chance to make a move because who's gonna yeah. who's gonna pick up the phone and say, yeah, let's shake up right. the roster when you have seven dudes available and you're signing a bunch of um, temporary right. players.
1: Right. But I, I, I do think that they have um, you know, I think Joe was really optimistic when he was named early in December that they could keep this thing afloat and that they could get better with a couple moves. but I think uh, that's shifted, yeah, since you know a- after the season has kind of um, developed a little bit maged a little bit. I think they've realized that okay, something's not right here. this isn't working. Yeah, we're gonna go the the opposite direction.
0: I mean, the team made the decision for them. Like, it's like before yeah. Joe yep. could before Joe could define it. It was like, oh, they've just they're just not very good. Like, this is we'll have to yeah. we'll have to go in this direction. I think. Yeah, and there's you know,
1: I I can't put my finger on it, but there's just not something. There's just something that's not working with this team, chemistry wise, feel wise, um. It, it's just not there. The heart has kind of left this team. Yeah, um, and it's it's puzzling and and kind of disheartening.
0: It is, and I I think it's it's why you need a reset, and they'll they'll change up the roster. Yeah. I I have you know I think this was um, something you point out a couple months ago, maybe a month ago now. You've you're a regular guest in this podcast, so I get a little bit confused about when you've been on. But like, um, is that? You kind of have to trade Robert Covington and Nurk over the next couple weeks because um, they're entering free agency, and the Blazers aren't going to have cap space and blah 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 blah. Um, that's still got to be the the direction, right? Like Cov and Cov Nurk are probably going to be traded before the deadline, almost certainly, right?
1: I think Cubs the first domino to fall. Yeah, yeah. without question.
0: Do you think? Um, obviously, like so, the difference, I guess, like sort of the balance here between. Their goals in the near term and goals in the long term is like they need to get value back for Covington. It's like they can't get they need someone who can help next year or or some several someones who can help next year, depending on what they, direction they go like. um, How much of how much of are they balancing sort of this season versus their goals for next October at the trade deadline?
1: I don't understand what you're asking. Uh,
0: like, are they going to go young with these trades, or are they going to try to get vets Uh-oh. who can help? You know, um, like big T versus little T tanking. Like, are they like, are they prioritizing so much? Like, let's get another vet who can help immediately in October, or do they say, hey, let's you know, let's get some young I think players?
1: They, yeah, I think they would probably. Uh, I think it's hard to say they're going to definitely do this or definitely do that. Sure, but I, I think they would probably lean more toward the younger player but also you know i think they're really thinking about next year and being good next year right and so you want to i don't think they'll be you know averse to getting a a veteran proven veteran who's good yeah um you know i, I think they're going to try to get the best player possible in every trade you know
0: yeah i mean i, I, I I'm with you. I, I think like the, the timeline is short. Like you don't, they yeah. don't want to win now, but they do want to win next fall. Like they want to immediately yeah. be good next fall. So I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at there with the balance. Like you don't, you're not trading right. for youth and picks. Um, you want help.
1: Yeah. Help. Yep. They want They want to return to a playoff contender or, or not a playoff contender. Uh a contender next year.
0: Yeah. A, a team that is in the thick of the playoff race, you know, three, four, five, and then can be, can, you know, if things break their way, can get where they want to go to the Western conference finals and beyond. Um, and right. that's where they envisioned right. themselves this year. And I think that's where I kind of thought yep. they would be is somewhere in that five, six, seven range with a punch, Same. a puncher's chance. Um, yep. and, and I don't think the roster is so bad that they can't get back there. They've got to figure out some balance with the, the wings and their forward spots. Um, and I think that's the yeah. challenge for Cronin, uh, moving forward. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think a couple tweaks around the margins and they're right back to being a competitive playoff team if assuming Dame is healthy. So, um, I, I don't think there's too many boxes away, um, but they're not, um, you know, I, they're not swinging for the fences here at, at the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the big thing is going to be what's he going to do with CJ, Ant, and Norm Powell? Right, right. Can't have three guys there. Uh, you know, even two guys might be a stretch, keeping two of those three. Right. So who stays, you know? Um, they got to figure, okay, well, how much money is Ant going to command on, in the free agent market? Uh, $20 million or, probably. Or yeah. what? Or what does C.J. and Norm bring back? Right. You know, and Norm is eligible to be traded January 15th. Uh, so that is going to be how Joe Cronin shapes this team, is what he does with those three guards and how this team is going to look after that. You know, are they going to load up on big men? Are they going to, you know, go for another guard? I it, that That is going to be how this our, our dad is going to be the, the shaping of this roster right. is what he does with those three guys, the decisions
0: with the decisions with CJ and Norm and, and, and that will define that will inform what you, yep. the decision you make on ant. Um, I can't imagine that they would move ant, but maybe if yeah. there's a deal out there um, that they think really yeah. helps them, it could happen certainly on the table. And, um, and you
1: have to look at, you know, who plays best with Dame, right? What's the best compliment to Dame and, Right now, out of those three, you'd have to say CJ just because of the body of work, and uh, they do have a really great connection and, and know when, to, when, and how to play off each other. Right. Um, so we'll see. It'll be it'll be really, really
0: interesting. <laughs> they, they cannot, they cannot pivot and come back with Damon CJ again in the fall. I mean, they it can, would, they it, can do whatever the hell they want, but like they, yeah. for my, for, they might
1: be forced to. Right. They don't get what they because you know from what I understand they are expecting if they trade cj they want to get a very good player they have they hold cj in very high opinion well, and they think that he should get a very good player in return
0: right I, I mean me and you have talked about this the way the roster is constructed you kind of if you trade cj you kind of need to get a guy back who can be your second best player um mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. they need to ask for a lot because um you know, you can't get back a bunch of dudes who are your sixth and seventh best player and try to like build with, you know, role players plus Dame. Um, you could take yep. maybe a step back overall talent-wise if the fit is better, but like, um, you know, you can't, if if this team has goals to be competitive while Damian Lord is on the roster, they need to trade CJ for a guy who can help immediately and a guy who could arguably be their second best player. That is just, yeah. it's just the way it works. That's, n- that's I, not an easy thing to do though.
1: Yeah. I think what it's gotten lost a little bit as we've entered this phase of breaking down the Blazers and stuff. I, I think people forget how good CJ is.
0: Oh yeah, people, I've already, he's, I've already forgotten. I agree. <laughs> he's a pretty good player, you
1: know. Oh yeah, uh, one of the best shot makers and shot creators in the league. And when he's on, he's pretty unstoppable. So, uh, I, I think. I think the Blazers brass understands that as they go to the, the trade table, you know, they're, they're not going to get, they're not going to get fleeced on CJ because they, they realize how good a player he is.
0: Yeah. It'll be, I'm fascinated to see what happens um, with that because like he's, you know, he's average like 20, a game for seven seasons or six, six consecutive seasons. Like, Dude's a yep. bucket. Um and v- scoring is really valuable in the league. Uh, but yep. what do other teams want from a you know what what is what value do other teams sort of place on CJ skill set? I think that's um a fact. Well, and that's
1: the thing. Yeah, is is he a thirty one million dollar player? Right. That's where teams go,
0: oh man. Yeah. You know. Cause he's I mean, he definitely has the most I mean, scoring is still the most valuable skill in the league, and he's he can go do that for you probably on any any court you put him on. So um yep. yeah yeah a fascinating um next step for what they do. Jason, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you. Okay, Michael. I'm getting you out of here cuz we're already we're up against yeah. it. This is a daily podcast. We don't go super duper long, but yeah. You, know, you get a half hour of Jason Quick once a week. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Go subscribe to the athletic. Uh, Jason's doing great work. He wrote a story this week about Amphrey Simons, uh, who's lost his grandfather this uh, this past Sunday. It's it's just the type of the type of journalism you're not getting anywhere else from anyone else than the Blazers beat. So if you want to be stay closer to the team, go subscribe to the athletic to read Jason's work. Jason will be back next week. Maybe the Blazers will have some new players by then. Ooh. Um, (laughs) Or maybe we'll still be talking about little T tanking. um, And using my terminology, Jason, appreciate you, man. All right. We'll see you, Michael. Listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Tomorrow's show, Tara of the, of the We Have a Take podcast is going to join the show. We're going to talk about all things Blazers. You're not going to want to miss that one. That's two interviews this week. How fun. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.